When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Got a love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected, and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. This week, we are going to talk about how to give, ooh, shall we say, back to a guy who's pissing us off. How do we express ourselves to a dude who might need a little bit of correction? He's acting up. He's misbehaving. He's making us mad. He's hurting our feelings. He's not talking to us the frequency we want. He's not planning dates. Just whatever petty grab bag of male bullshit you want to come up with because it's like honestly endless. How do we express that without sounding crazy, desperate, naggy, or even if we don't sound like any of those things, How do we just make effective change? And you know what? It's very easy for us to throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. I am a person who cuts someone off when they piss me off. But number one, that it really doesn't give people a chance to grow. And some people truly don't know that what they're doing is like a deal breaker or it's catastrophic. Maybe they've dated people who didn't mind or didn't care, or maybe they just don't know, or maybe they're just dumb and they need a little education. But also when I do that, and I know when you guys do that, we deprive ourselves of the skill building. When I do that, I do it partly because like a guy's pissed me off, but also because I'm kind of a coward and I don't like confrontation. So instead of expressing myself, I just cut someone off. Instead of cleaning the house, I'm just going to burn it down. But, but my friend and I, one of my besties is visiting. And of course we're sitting around just like bitching about guys 24 seven and like, eating also. (laughs) What else do friends do? Like, what do you and your friends do, weirdo? (laughs) But we've, we've come up with a phrase that gets a man's attention, enacts change, and doesn't make us look crazy, desperate, naggy, or any of those things. It's four words that are going to change your dating life for the better, change his behavior. And even if it doesn't, You've put your boundaries out there in a way that is constructive, non-insane, and so you can move on feeling good. I'm going to tell you what those four words are, and there's actually science to back it up because you know I love a good scientific method, honey. But before we do, let's do our relaxation, right? Just take 30 seconds out of your day, maybe even out of your week, to just breathe and accept I think a lot of us kind of starve our brains of oxygen. We talk a lot. We're thinking a lot. We carry all this tension in our bodies, in different places, in your back, your knees, your tummy. And when we do that, we it's like our brain is in this constant state of contraction as well. And therefore, it's not really taking in new messages. And 
the messages it does have inside, they're not processing effectively. You know, it's like a clenched fist. So let's unclench. (sighs) Let's do a quick little breath. Let's roll our shoulders back. Just kind of rub your jaw where your jaw hinges. Oh, that's nice. Pull on your ears. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The way to a man's heart is truly through yanking on his ears, but that's a whole other story. Okay, we're going to breathe in through our nose. We're going to hold for a few beats, and then we're going to exhale. Let's do this cleansing breath. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. Oh, that's nice. One more time. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. Oof. Nice. Quick reminder to follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO. Also, be sure to check out Evil Week that premiered, I think like, I don't know, maybe last month over on Flays. Flays is our subscription-only, uncensored, ad-free platform where we can be as nasty as we want to be. And it's got some pretty good stuff. I was thinking about doing a video on how to gaslight someone. I mean, that's pretty evil, but... We got to know these things so that, first of all, forewarned is forearmed. People are gaslighting us, and it's really helpful to know what to look for. Also, it's just helpful to be able to know how to manipulate people. But we'll get to that some other time. Today, we're going to talk about a different sort of manipulation. So here's the thing that sort of brought this this around. And I know that you guys are going to understand these scenarios because it's like, fuck, have we not? Oh, okay. So my friend is dating this guy. And she went out of town like and they're still very new. It's like, you know, she doesn't live in the same town. She lives in California. He's in Miami, but she's there all the time. And she like was visiting. And when when she's with him, it's like very hot and heavy. But then, you know, he's like, oh, I like you so much, blah, blah, blah. Then she left for a week and she didn't hear from him. Then she gets back into town in Miami, posts on her stories. He sees that she's there. He's all up in her inbox. Oh, my God. What are you in town? You didn't tell me. Why didn't you tell me you were here? And she's thinking. Motherfucker, you didn't talk to me for a week. You would know I was here if you were speaking to me. That's usually a good way to know what someone's doing is, <laughs> I don't know, talking to them and asking, right? It's crazy, crazy how easy it is to obtain information uh, using your mouth. Wild. So when she got together with him, he was like, wait, seriously, why didn't you tell me you were here? And she's like, well, I <laughs> haven't heard from you from a week. So, you know, that's why. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I was thinking of you every single day and I was fantasizing about you. And she's like, why would I know that? Why would I even assume that? Like, we're not boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, I don't, I don't know. She's like, you know, I, I kind of like, she's like, I didn't text you. Honestly, I sort of lost interest. She's like, I, I, you know, I didn't mean to, but you know, you don't talk to someone it doesn't really keep the interest up. She is a master at the casual send. The casual boundary deployment. First of all, we call her White Beyonce because she literally looks like White Beyonce. She's a lawyer, a barred attorney. No big deal. But then also um, an NFL cheerleader. (laughs) It's great. Love my friends. If you guys want to follow her on Instagram, her name is Spicy Slappin. S-L-A-P-P-I-N. She's fantastic and gorgeous. I hate her. Anyway, she's my wife. So the way, here's why I'm saying this, because the way she deployed this, and these are not the magic four words. We're going to get there. The way she deployed this was very like, gosh, you know, I didn't want to lose interest, but man, it was kind of out of my control. It just sort of happened. This implies that it wasn't malicious. You know, I just decided to get over you. Okay. I just, I don't fucking need this. Nope. It wasn't naggy. It wasn't confrontational. It wasn't even emotional. It was this 
oh gosh, I don't know. There was this this byproduct, and huh? Who can who can see these things coming? That puts the onus on the guy. That puts the onus on consequences of his behaviors. What do we say? You choose a behavior, you choose the consequence, right? Men have divorced themselves from this logic. Do you know why? Because we have allowed them to divorce themselves from this by just by not really deploying any consequences. Oh, he didn't talk to me for a week. That's okay. When he did text me, I'm like, oh my gosh, hi. Oh no, it's fine. You were busy. We make excuses that men aren't even bothering to make for themselves. How many times have we assumed a guy was sorry when he he didn't say he was sorry? He was back up in our inbox. He was back up on our hoo-ha. He wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Here's what was going on. He was maybe giving excuses. You know, I've been busy and my friends were in town. Okay, so he's like, really sorry. When people are sorry, they say those words. They're very clear about it. They don't want to give the impression that they don't care about your feelings. If a man is willing to risk you thinking that you don't matter to him, it's because you don't. Ugh, I know. Believe me, I know. But listen, we got to walk in the light of the truth, right? Because if the truth is happening, if this is if this is the way it is, we are doing ourselves such a disservice by being our own co-conspirator, right? By being by lying to ourselves. Yeah, guys are going to lie to us. They're going to run game on us. We run way more game on ourselves. Oh my God, way more. I look back on the fuckboy situationships I've stayed in. It's not because he was breadcrumbing me so hard. I was breadcrumbing myself. He's busy. He's got a drinking problem. He's just got anxiety. Who the fuck? What? Is he even bothering to say these things? And if he is, why am I echoing it? Why am I the Greek chorus in the background shouting it in unison with him? Why? Desperation? Ugh, probably. Well, once we can dismantle that and really look it in the face, we've got a shot of changing things. And this is what my friend is excellent at. So she, yes, deployed this like, you know, gosh, I I don't know. I just like kind of lost interest. And he was horrified. He's like, wait, you did? Because I didn't talk to you for a week? And then she said the magic four words. She did not say, I feel really disrespected. No, I just felt like you were ignoring me and like, what are you, fucking a bunch of other girls? Oh, I guess I was just like out of sight, out of mind. All of these, the reason I say them in that voice is because that's how dudes hear it. You know how when we like imitate a guy, we're like, oh, like, would they always sound like this? Like even Taylor Swift song, like we're never getting back together. She's like, I still love you. Like we all use that voice for guys. This is the voice they use for us when we're being naggy or just like giving us or giving them bullshit and exhausting them. We sound like this to them, like some minor character on fucking Grey's Anatomy. Right. So she didn't say any of that. She said the magic four words. That was a turnoff. That was a turnoff. It was a turnoff. Huh. It was a turnoff. Now, you can maybe say that those are five words since turnoff is hyphenated. Whatever. Yes. Yeah, she said, you know, I, don't, I don't know. It was just, you know, it was kind of a turnoff. So, you know, kind of ended up losing interest. I'm sorry. But, you know, I'm back now. I don't know. Why does this work? Why does this hit a guy so fucking hard? For one, 
Turn off implies what? Well, I was previously turned on. I was on and you flipped the switch. So it says to him, hey, you were up here. God, now it's down here. I was ready to fuck. I was ready to go on a vacation. I was ready to do all these things. But you you turned me off. Oh, man. That's not good. It also, again, puts the onus of behavior and consequence on him. Right? You didn't say, I turned myself off. No. It was a turnoff. Your behavior turned me off. Also, here's the science portion of this. We've talked before about what people stress about in bed. And I've actually done a video on this on Flays, like how to be good in bed, like the five things guys hate in bed and five things they love. So definitely go check that out because it goes into this more a bit more deeply. But the what girls stress about in bed, studies have shown, is their bodies. You know, oh my God, turn the lights on. Don't touch me there, right? What guys stress about is their performance, their sexual performance. Am I hard enough? Am I big enough? Am I making her come? Is she faking it? Like, and... <laughs> I think we've all slept with guys who you're like, oh, he actually wasn't stressed at all about how I was feeling for sure, for sure. But like, if you tell a guy like your dick is actually really soft, why can't you get it up? You know, things like that, that will just like ruin his life. So just keep that in your back pocket in case you need to ruin someone's life. Hey, you always have to have a nuke at the ready. But this hits that sort of caveman hardwiring to provide, provide like protection, provide food for the family, provide my lineage passing on and provide sex, like be good at sex. We are animals and we are meant to mate, right? I mean, that's what animals do. They mate, they continue the bloodline, blah, blah, blah. We think we're so, we're not animals. The fuck we aren't, man. We're the most animalistic things on the planet when you really look at how, how we behave, right? So let's not tell ourselves we're just so highly developed. Yeah, we are, but at our core, we're the same as any other animal. You know, we share 98% DNA with monkeys. Not too different, man. So to say that's a turnoff, you know what that says to him? You're failing as a man. Your very function as a man is in jeopardy. You are not doing what you're sent to. You are not doing what mother nature puts you on this earth to do. And ironically, if you say exactly that, like verbatim, He's going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's, it's too much. It's too much. But if you say these subliminal messages, it gets so deep inside them that they are horrified. Horrified. Like, I'm trying to think of like an analogous thing that guys could say to us or that people could say to us that would like kick up what women are afraid of. Maybe like you're not nurturing. You're not warm. You're a bad friend. I don't know, because we're kind of hardwired to nurture, to that's our way of providing. You know, we raise the cubs. We love one another. We I mean, we do fucking everything. We're amazing. So if someone said that, like you're you're frigid, maybe it's you're frigid, you know, it's like what that would not go well. But I think it's I think I don't know. Women are so smart. We can kind of like dismantle things when guys when someone would try to say something like that's like, I'm frigid because I don't want to fuck you, dude. Like it's please. But guys are not really on our level sometimes. So saying this phrase is extremely effective. I got to see this in action, not once, but twice. I had an almost identical situation to Sarah. I was dating a guy. Things were going great. And then like I went to Mexico and it was like ghost mode. He didn't talk to me the whole time I was there the first week. And I get back, and, like I deleted his number and I landed and he texts me and I was like, who is this? And he's like, 
wow, okay, damn, I thought we had something. I'm like, well, I thought you had a phone. That's the thing I thought we both had is phones. Like I literally said that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He was so sorry. I'm going to dig myself out of the doghouse. And he was genuinely sorry. He's like, I, I don't know why. He's like, I thought you didn't have reception, but that's so stupid. Now that I say that, of course, you're an influencer. You can't be anywhere without reception. I'm like, yeah, my organs would shut down if I don't have a phone that works. Like I won't go someplace where I can't be connected. I mean, call me a millennial douchebag. I don't care. I am what I am. Fine. I'm a douche. I know that. I've monetized it. Fine. And he's like, okay, you know, I'm sorry. I'm going to do better. And then rinse, fucking repeat. Rinse, motherfucking repeat. He did the same thing. And I was just so like disappointed and annoyed. And then I ran into him because it's a small town and that's what gets to happen. And I deployed exactly what Sarah did because he's like, oh, we should get together. I'm like, I don't know. You know, I just, I kind of lost interest. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, I haven't talked to you like, or I mean, I certainly haven't seen you, but I haven't talked to you in like a few weeks, you know, I don't know. Like if someone can't communicate, it's kind of a turnoff. I was so fucking breezy. You guys, I was so fucking breezy. I had to practice it in the mirror to be this breezy. You really do. Like communication is like playing the saxophone, neutering a cat, having sex. You got to practice to be good at it, whatever that might be. Practice saying these things, especially if you think you might run into the person and have to have this conversation. Practice it. Now, like, it's just a turnoff. Nope, that ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. That's not it. Get comfortable with this phrase because number one, it works. And number two, it communicates your boundaries and your standards and your needs in a way that's like, hey, man, I was turned off. Gosh. This also implies that, well, if a switch is off, it could perhaps be on again. It leaves the door open for them to pull it out of the fire. Not you. We need to sit and have a discussion. I was disrespected. Respect is one of those weird words. You know, it's like, you don't respect me. It's like, well, what does that mean to you? You know, for some people, their metric of respect is completely different than somebody else's. Like guys can joke around with me and be vulgar. And I'm like, haha, that's funny. But it's like, there might be like one phrase that they say that I'm like, shut your fucking mouth. Like, I don't like it when people make fun of like blondes. I don't think it's cute when people use the term Becky. I think it's actually super racist. And like, don't. Don't call anyone of any race a, any derogatory term. Don't do that. It's not cool. So that's like my line in the sand, you know, and whatever your lines in the sand are, are fine. And this is a good way to communicate that without getting into the sticky subject of respect, which is like vague and amorphous. And like I said, different for every person, but getting turned off. Well, that's the same for everybody. It's ugh, no, thanks. Fill my vagina with cement. I'm good. Bye. I got to go. I got my hair to brush and, well, a cat to neuter. You know, being turned on looks and feels the same and being turned off looks and feels the same. So it's this phrase that everyone can get on board with in terms of meaning. So I said that to him. Yeah, I don't know. It was just like, ugh, it's kind of a, I lost interest. It was just kind of like a turnoff. Like if someone's flaky, not that I'm looking for something super serious right now. I mean, I'm not, but, you know, inconsistency is just, I don't know, it's just sort of a turnoff. You kind of lose interest. My voice was low. My posture was relaxed. I wasn't even really making eye contact. I was just kind of like shrugging, looking around, swirling my drain. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. This is like what it was. Very little effort. I don't know. What else? 
I don't really think about it. It was just like a vague communication. And here's what's interesting. The more I practice saying it, not just for him, but like for other people, like because I didn't know I was going to run into him. The more I felt it, because our brain wants that life raft out of cognitive dissonance, which we've discussed before. Cognitive dissonance is a state of what I want to be happening is not what's actually happening. I hate this goddamn job, but I have to work seven days a week, 10 hours a day, right? I'm not attracted to this man, but we're engaged. Cognitive dissonance, your brain, this is what creates cancer. Seriously, it's stress hormones, cortisol release coursing through your veins 24 hours a day because you're fucking miserable. You get hypertension, diabetes, fat, breakouts, IBS, like it literally kills you from the inside out. So your body wants a way out of this. Your psyche and your body are like, get me the fuck out of this state. So if you can say, hey, you know what? It's not like I was disrespected. I'm so upset. He's been ghosting. Mm, No, that's actually not the messaging we want swirling around in there. The messaging is going to be, I'm turned off. Because isn't that true, though? You know, I know. Oh, my God. I know you guys know what this is like, where it's like if a guy like say, say he makes plans and he keeps like changing it or delaying or he's late or he won't pick the place or something. And you get so annoyed. You don't even want to go anymore. Like you don't want to call it off, but you're in this terrible crossroads purgatory of I'm so annoyed now and the bloom is off the rose and this isn't fun. And I feel so disrespected, but I also can't just cut it off. So like, fuck, man, I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling so much. But let's reframe that as like, you know what? I'm turned off. Okay, so I'm turned off. Now you have a set of behaviors that you can deploy. I'm turned off. So why would I go out on a date when I'm just off? I was kind of on before. I was like a dimmer switch that was up a little high. Now I'm just off. So you know what? I'm gonna take this makeup off. I'm not even gonna put in my clip in extensions. I'm gonna go to bed. Bye, sorry. And you can say that. You know what, dude? Like you moving the time around, not picking a place. It's just a turn off. I'm gonna go to bed. See you around. What? What? is this not so effective? It is effective. So I said this to my dude. (laughs) It's not my dude. And yeah, it's like breezy, whatever. And therefore, like I said, when I mind was like, oh yeah, we're turned off, man. We're not sad about this anymore. We're just meh. Sometimes your brain can just force itself into a different emotional state because it doesn't want to be in the sad one. It wants to be in one that makes sense. Yeah, this guy doesn't like us, but we don't like him. So now we're no longer in cognitive dissonance. Now what we feel and what reality is matches. He doesn't want me. Well, bitch, I don't want his ass. Okay. Even if you don't feel it, feel it, feel it, you can fake it till you make it just like confidence, right? So this is great. This is a great mind hack. So I said this to this dude and he was like blown away. He was like, oh, I. I mean, I didn't, he'd never heard a woman phrase something like that. I'm done off. Never heard it. And I even threw in there for good measure. I was like, you know, it's crazy because you, woo, you know how to turn me on, boy. But, you know, I get it. Things change. Again, puts the onus back on him. Reminds him, oh, I was turned on. Oh, honey, you had a layup right there. I'm reminding him of the chemistry. I'm reminding him of the connection. I'm reminding him of the four incredible hours we spent in a hot tub, but that's neither here nor there. And so again, this puts the ball back in his court. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to like, I, I'm going to show you. And I was like, okay, 
I wasn't like, oh, will you? I wasn't mean. I wasn't hostile. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I didn't say that, but that was the underlying vibe. Mm, okay, let's see if you can turn this back on. Let's see if you can pull this out of the fire. And it, and this was like very recent, so I don't know if he can or will. But again, because now I've taken down that cognitive dissonance stage, I don't like him anymore. If he wants to kind of try to turn things back on, dial that dimmer switch all the way back up. All right. I'm willing to see if he can. But if not, I've taken this emotional aspect out of it by reframing this from I was disrespected, which not only hurts your heart, it hurts your ego, baby girl. And we talk a lot about how an ego bruise lasts so much longer than a heartbreak. A bruise outlasts a break. Why? Well, our ego needs are bottomless and they, our ego, like our heart only relates like one part of us, you know, our ego relates to everything, how we look, our agency in the world, our social status, our place in our family, how much money we make. It's just like endless. Our ego needs are endless. So when someone pokes our ego, it like ripples throughout our entire existence. A heartbreak is like, I'm sad. I miss him. It's, it's just this one sort of aspect of ourselves. So if we can help ourselves ameliorate that ego bruise by saying, no, we weren't disrespected. I mean, oh, I was disrespected. I was turned off. Huh. Then it doesn't hurt us as much. And therefore, maybe there's a chance for a second round because we're not inflamed now. We don't feel heartbroken. We don't feel ego bruised. We just feel eh, off. Whatever. So ironically, this keeps the door open. Interestingly, pinging up a man's most central hardwiring and fears will keep that door open. And you know what? If it doesn't, if he doesn't pull it out of the fire, you don't look crazy. You look like a girl says, ah, I'm actually not into you. Somehow it looks like you dumped him, right? Well, I'm not, I'm not into you anymore. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm kind of turned off. And you, you don't have to have been in a full-on relationship to deploy this, nor do you have to even wait until the dude comes back. Hey, where you been? I want to see you. You don't have to do that. You could run into him at a bar and he could be talking and he could just be talking to you. And you're like, you know what? I, I got to go. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'd be like, oh, you got places to be? And be like, actually, no. But like, I don't know. Like, just kind of how you behaved in the last few weeks, just kind of a turnoff. I don't really, I'm just kind of want to go meet somebody else. Like, I'll see you later. You slip it in there casual as fuck. And then you dip. And then that's going to be echoing through his brain. Turned off. Oh, no. So this girl was turned on. Oh, no. Oh, no. What have I done? But again, even if he's not, he's like, oh, fuck her. Well, fuck you, dude. You've walked away. You've communicated how you feel in a non-naggy, non-desperate way that doesn't come from a place of heartbreak which is emo and weepy and desperate, or of ego bruise, which is spiky and bombastic and braggadocious. It's come from neither one of those places. It's just like, eh, dude, you know, you've bored me to tears. This is another word you can use, bored. I don't know, this whole like song and dance during this around and around, this booty call, thing, it's, it's just kind of boring, kind of bores me, right? Because let's, let's, again, let's reframe. You can tell yourself, my heart is broken, I miss him. Or you can tell yourself, actually, I'm just fucking bored with this. I'm bored and I'm tired because you are. You are. When I think about, <laughs> I had to do this with someone I broke up with a few months ago. I'm like, I am so 
bored by this. I am bored with the endless discussions about our relationship. We spend more time talking about our relationship than having a relationship. We've gone out to dinner once in the last two weeks and spent hours like discussing things. I'm fucking bored, dude. And it's like, that's not a heartbreak and that's not an ego. It just is what it is. And so instead of telling myself, oh, my heart's broken. No, I reframed it. Bored by, I loathe boredom. I abhor it. My entire life's purpose funnels down to not being bored. I mean, I've talked about this with therapists. It's like, because if I'm bored, I feel like I am, like I don't exist in the world. Like I grew up kind of bored. I was an only child. My mom traveled a lot for work and I was stuck home with my great grandmother. I mean, she was a wonderful woman, but she was also in her eighties and I was eight. So there wasn't a lot of stimulation. She lived through the depression. And so I was very like bored and stifled. And I, so now when I feel bored, I go back to that place where like my mom is off in Paris and Johannesburg living this incredible life. And I'm like a ghost. Like I don't even exist. So it's my own little, now we've therapized down, but listen, I would rather think like, okay, I'm bored. This is kicking up shit from my childhood. I'm going to avoid this because yo, he now represents the thing I hate the most in the world versus, but I love him. I'm so sad. No, you're not sad. You're fucking bored. You're turned off. You're annoyed. Those are phrases that have some personal power behind it. Not weepy. I need you. Come back to me. Mm -mm. No. Bored is like, dude, you've disappointed me. You failed to impress the queen here. Eh, bad court jester off with his head. That's how we need to be rephrasing these things. That's the vibe we need to come with when we confront somebody about something. You're a disappointment. You're boring. You're a turnoff. Eh. Don't guys make us feel like that all the time? Disposable? Disappointing? Not useful? Well, well, well. Isn't it time we flip that script using science, using four or five magic little words? And also, just using the plain old truth. Because yeah, at the core of it, that is how we feel. It's just a matter of reframing that in our mind so that we can communicate it in the proper way to a guy to exact that change. And again, if he does not come through, if there is no grand gesture, if there is no behavioral shift, fine, dude. You haven't embarrassed yourself. You've reframed it like you dumped him. Even if he stone cold dumped you, he tries to come back and you're like, nah, you know what? No. The more I think about it, when I think about a relationship, it's just the way you left, the way you go, you know, it's just a turnoff. Hey, maybe if you communicated or just like had the courtesy break up with me or whatever, ah, things would be different. But you know, you didn't. It's kind of, it's just kind of boring to me. It's very basic. It's just very like predictable, basic. Meh, not into it. Bye. Oh, this is in a way gaslighting. We're turning something around and making someone feel like they're the crazy one. Because they are. They are. Yeah, there might be some truth in what they're doing. Who fucking cares? It's like, I'm so tired of people trying to approach life in every interaction with like, choose kindness. Fuck your kindness. Kindness is for fucking losers. Be evil. Be manipulative. Be smarter than the other person and stop getting your fucking heart broken. Stop getting walked all over. Stop getting taken advantage of. Stop wasting your perky tit years on people who do not even do you the courtesy of basic respect. Why? Because you want to be kind? Where is that getting any of us? Where? It's getting us eroded. It gets us, ugh, our goals are falling by the wayside. Our fitness, our health, our friendships, our hair masks 
My hair is brittle as fuck because of these guys. So it's time to get out in front of these things. It's time to work smarter and not harder. And sometimes all that takes is four little words. Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. We're going to be back next week and be sure to head on over to YouTube to catch up. And like I said, watch all of Evil Week and some really helpful sex tutorials over on flays.com. I'll see you later, Shalligators. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay